so today we are going to be talking about um, this is kind of a, a small interlude before we um, kind of step start stepping into the next major section of the systematic theology book um, this is you know a, a good place to talk about this we've been looking at for the last several months really since like the beginning of the year we've been working through election and looking just at um, the way that we view salvation and the work and and all of the different components of that um, all the way through uh, to glorification ultimately which we look forward to in Christ and um, here we're so Here's kind of lay out my plan. Um, this week we're going to be on this subject. We're going to be going to be talking about our union with Christ, and then next week. Uh, so if you remember, um, for like pre-pandemic, uh, oftentimes we would hit systematic theology, and then we would jump over to historical theology, and then we would kind of go back and forth. Once we hit election, I realized that that just the subject matter that we were going to be dealing with for the next several months was going to be um, it was going to be important for us to flow straight through each of those into the next um, as well as kind of understanding that most of the the ideas that we were going to be discussing through that long run that's carried us through most of the year this year historically are going to have the same kind of inflection points there so like we can talk about all of those ideas in a single in a single uh, kind of glance historically so I chose kind of to put that at the end so that we could do that we'll see maybe we go back to the you know back and forth after this maybe we um, continue with trying to trying to figure out whether or not we can kind of put that historical at the end of that um, to kind of cap things off so we'll, we'll see that's kind of the plan that I have in mind though so next week we will we will take a step back into the historical theology to, to kind of get a high level view of all the things that we've been talking about um, for this year but today um, hopefully we'll have this kind of one session and be done I, I would like for you to turn with me to John chapter 15 so today we're going to be talking about our union with Christ. So if you look through, if you look through um, the New Testament, you will find a lot of the phrase in Christ being used a lot, right? So like we talk about Christ in us, um, uh, you know, like even, even some people like um, when they're presenting the gospel will, will go in so far as to say, invite Jesus into your heart, right? Um, but uh, what I want us to look at today is um, the phrase that tends to get used more than anything is our position in Christ. So there's, there's two aspects to this. And if you, if you um, were following along in the Systematic Theology book, you'll see that uh, Grudem does, uh, he, gives, he gives both aspects of that similar treatment. Um, we're going we're gonna to spend most of our effort in this looking at what it means for us to be in Christ, right? Um, we're going to be doing that looking at Jesus as the true vine uh, in John chapter 15. So we're going to look, we're going to read John chapter 15 verses 1 through 17, and then we're just going to kind of step through and 
um, get an understanding of what it means for us to be in Christ. Um, and particularly, one of the, a couple of the big areas that I want us to um, walk away with today is the importance for us to be intentional in being in Christ, right? Like in, in walking in the Spirit and spending time in fellowship with God in the Word. Our, the, the necessity is for us. Um, we ought to be, in, in, in some regard, uh, very active participants in this effort. We should be seeking to be in Christ. And if we find ourselves um, drifting away, our eyes should be set and fixed to, to being in Christ. Uh, I think this text that we're going to look at today gives us a good understanding of the uh, critical nature of us being in Christ and what it means if we uh, find ourselves not abiding in in him. Uh, the other, the second piece that I want us to look at is how whenever we are individually in Christ, we find ourselves brought into a community of other believers who are in Christ. And this uh, is a place where we find ourselves um, using our gifts for the encouragement of others as well as needing others to be using their gifts in, in building us up as well. Um, so that's kind of some of the things that I want us to be um, paying attention to as we go through the text here. So John chapter 15, uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not Bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So one question that I have whenever I look at this is, um, if you are in Christ, what is an expectation? This is something I've been spending um, a good deal of time with my two older children um, kind of digging into. I think a lot of times as, as believers we can find ourselves comfortable, we can find ourselves not thinking about um, fruit being produced in our lives at all, but uh, one, of the main, one of the main reasons that we should be considering ourselves in Christ or ourselves abiding in Christ is, how is fruit produced in your life? This is a question that I have for you all. A question that I posed to my children just this past week is, can you expect to be a different person in the future than you are today? Can you expect that as a believer? I see some heads nodding. Where does that expectation find its grounding? In what? In sanctification. And who works out this sanctification within us? The Holy Spirit, as well as He calls us to work out our own salvation, right? So the Spirit's working within us to will and to work. And, and from that, we then go, and, and, and as a result of that, over time, what ought we expect to see in our lives? Growth. This scripture, scripture here in this particular example and in others, Galatians 5.22, for example, um, puts forward this idea of fruit being produced in our lives, right? So if you are abiding in Christ, 
should you expect fruit to be produced within you? Yes. yes. Okay. There, is there any question there? No. Is there any room for question there? No. So, if you are a believer and you live any amount of life, should there be an increase in the visibility of the Spirit's work within you? What if you do not see that? What if you don't see, what if, what if you live 10 years and you don't see any growth? Well, you should question whether you are in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It was my getting into Christ. But it never has been. You know, it's like, well, if I'm abiding in Christ, I do my Bible study. So then I would turn it around backwards and say, I'm in. So if I do my Bible study, I'm in Christ. So see, it was a. It was a yeah. A now, should you expect I that if you're in Christ, that you would yes. spend time in His but Word? Yes. And here's I think this is something I think this is something that's very important for us to understand is the source for which we find fruit developing in us is not primarily us. Right? So if you find yourself over here's the thing. We can be too hard on ourselves at times as well, right? Have you grown as much as you would have liked to have grown? Probably not, right? Um, will you on your deathbed look back and say, did everything that I should have done from the point of salvation to now? Probably not. Okay, There, there is always room for growth. Um, but we can be too hard on ourselves in that regard. But I think more oftentimes what we find ourselves, the position we find ourselves in is not being honest with ourselves. Okay, Because what we should not find... If you, let's say that you were saved in your 20s, you are fortunate enough to live in your 80s or 90s, right? If I look at your life at 20, and I look at your life at 80 or 90, I ought to see a different way of living. I ought to see a different way of living. Perfect? No. Different? Yes. Right? That's me looking at you from the outside, I ought to see it. Right? You have a better perspective on you than me. You can look inside of yourself, right? And now what we what I believe oftentimes happens for us is we look inside of ourselves and we lie to ourselves about what we see. Here's the reality. If you live for any length of time as a believer and look internally and see no growth, are you in the vine? So we ought to expect, when we look inside of ourselves, when we look at the way that we live, the way that we walk, if we are in the vine, 
then fruit ought to be produced in us. Okay? And now the answer to this is not, I'll just try harder. Right? I'll just read more. Because if Christ is not in you, and you are not in Christ, then no amount of effort on your part will produce sustained progression through your lives. It begins at the beginning with you being in Christ, Christ being in you. You have to be saved for this to be beginning and working through your life, right? Sanctification comes after justification, right? We've, we've, we've gone through this, this whole thing, right? Um, so if you are a believer, you are being sanctified by the Spirit. We have promises in the Scripture that he who began the work in us will complete the work in us. Now, reflect on the life that you live and ask yourself, am I producing fruit? Is fruit being produced in my life? Can I look at the way that I live and see the Holy Spirit working in me? Can I see the tendencies that I had being changed into new tendencies? Because if you can, this ought to give you great hope. Okay? Because that progression, we here's the thing. If you live long enough, here's what you know. People don't change. You don't. You may think that you do, but you don't. This is why things that happen to us when we are children carry on way into adulthood and while we spread that same thing to our own children. Right? Because people don't change. They don't. This is probably one of the reasons that I just have a really hard time trusting people anyways. <laughs> because I'm like, I want to see some fruit in you before I think that you're changing. Right? Now, maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. That's, that tends to be how I'm built. I'm, I'm not always the most trustworthy of Trust, trusting of individuals, right? Uh, <laughs> no, you're 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 sa you're a safer pla you're a safer place in this regard. So don't. This is no. This <laughs> so when we consider that it's not within us to change ourselves, if we find ourselves without change then we are alone in that effort. Does that make sense? Because you can't change yourself. So if you find yourself unchanged, you are alone in the effort of changing yourself. Right? However, however, that's not you, believer. That's not you, believer. It is not. If you are a follower of Christ... Christ is working in you. I am the true vine, he says, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, what does he do? He prunes. What does that mean? What does that mean? You are the vine. You see change. Who's pruning you? God is pruning you. It's not fun. It's not always easy, right? This work that's taking place in you, if you can't change yourself, then you could come to the conclusion that you are the one that's in the way of change, right? 
So how does he work around you when you would never change yourself? He prunes you. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. And when and and those those are some of the moments that it, that for you as a believer it's most clear that you are His. Because, again, you know yourself better than anyone looking from the outside, right? You know yourself. So when you see those internal changes from his pruning you, you know you're his. You know you're in him and he is in you because he is working on you, right? He cares about the vine. He cares about the branches. He cares about the fruit that is produced from it. Right? It is God's desire for you as a believer to produce much fruit in your life. Right? He wants you to bear fruit. So he prunes you. And sometimes that's not pleasant. Right? Sometimes it's not pleasant. But he will be faithful to prune. That it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because the word that I've spoken to you. So this is kind of speaking to the to the believer here. Like you don't have to worry about whether or not you're saved here, right? This is a this is a work of of pruning you so that you will abide or so that you will produce more fruit here. Now verse four, abide in me and I in you, right? So um, if you're in him, he's in you, right? You can't be in Christ. Without Christ being in you. That's first. Right? As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. So is there any question about whether or not you can look at your fruit, the fruit that's being produced in your life, and use that as an evidence of who it is that you belong to? Can you? This is not the only place that we get this reality pointed out to us. That you as a believer, should be able to look at your life and see God working in you. If you do not see God working in you, the question should be, well, then am I His? Because fruit is produced in the life of a believer. Because God is working in the life of a believer. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide where? In me. Where do you find your tendencies? Do you find your tendencies drawing you closer to Christ? Or do you find your tendencies drawing you away from Him? Ask yourselves this. Verse 5. I am the vine. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears what? What can you expect if you're in Christ and Christ in you? The latter part of verse 5 says, He it is that bears much fruit. So, question that I have for you then. If you live for any length of time, as a believer, 
should it be hard for you to find evidences in your life that God is working? Should it be should you have to go on like a 10-year search for the evidence of whether or not he's working in you or should it be evident? It should be, it should be evident. It should be evident. He's not working He's not working here so that you'll produce little fruit, right? The point is not that you'll get in by the skin of your teeth, that you'll just barely eke in. Like, that's not the point of the work that he's doing in you. He's working in you to produce much fruit. A couple of times he said this. So ask yourselves, are you abiding in Christ? If you abide in Christ... He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, what can you do apart from him? What does the verse say right here? Apart from me, you can do, you can produce a little fruit apart from me. Is this where he goes here? Like, you could fake it till you make it apart from me. Is this what he says here? What's, what's the point of what he's telling us? Is that apart from Christ, how much love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. What did I miss? Kindness? Goodness? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we can do a type of try hard and look good for a while, but it doesn't But it last. never lasts. It never lasts. And the fall of that is like let's say that you are good at faking it. Yeah. Let's say that you're amazing at faking it. You'll go a long time. How spectacular is the burnout for the fakers? Like, you tend to not be like, oh, like, oh, you know, like that was so small of a, of a thing. It tends to be like you were going 180 and blew all four tires and spectacularly crashed into the side of the wall, right? The longer that we are capable of faking, the more the, the final, like, fallout is undeniable to everyone around. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Given that example, though, almost every time when you explore the people closer to those individuals, yeah. It was not a surprise. It was not a surprise. But from a distance, you, it was hard to examine. We think we know there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You think. Yeah. You think your friends because you watch their podcast. <laughs>
uh, what role can we play as the church in coming alongside them and helping them to understand this fruit versus like perhaps going back to the tendency to try to produce it in and of themselves? Yeah, so just from, just from the analogy of the vine and the branches, okay, how do you tell a vine that needs to be cut off from a vine that doesn't? Do you do it in the winter time when, when none of them are blooming? Or do you do it when, when they're in this season of growth and that you can look at some branches and say, I see fruit there, maybe not as much fruit as I see on this branch, but there's fruit being produced. And then you look and you're like, oh, there's a whole patch of branches that are producing nothing at all. Clearly, you don't belong amongst these because we're in the middle of the season and you can see no fruit. So how do we see fruit? How do we know, as a, as a new believer, find yourselves among other branches that are, that are blooming? Right? That's that community. When you're brought into Christ, you're brought into a community. You're not a branch in isolation. Right? You're a branch together. So that you can look. Like, I can look, and, and I can know Dustin. And I can see fruit in him, and he can see fruit in me. Right? And when we abide in Christ, we abide together with one another as branches... Like, we can examine, we can look, we can see. And then we, like, we, we get a lot of, like, instructions through Scripture as to how we ought to, like, interact with one another, right? Sometimes God uses us in pruning one another, right? Like, if I do something that offends Sandra, and Sandra comes to me, and she says, Landon, like, you did this particular thing, and, and I'm like, I didn't realize that I that I did that or you know like Sandra I, I apologize like I am like Lord help me I'm, I'm not perfect and then God used Sandra to prune me in this right and then now I see this I see the world clearer through this interaction right it might not have been easy for Sandra, Sandra to come and, to, and to, to say something but she does it and then because of that like now I see more clearly, God's pruned me here. Perhaps I'm hard-headed. Perhaps Sandra comes to me and I'm like, I know everything, Sandra. You can't tell me that I'm right, that I'm wrong here. Go away. And then Sandra's like, What does Scripture tell me about how to interact here? And then Sandra brings Russ, and Russ is gentle, but firm in this. And I'm like. Man, I respect these people. Like, and Sandra's come, and now she's now she's brought Ross. I'm like, I, I, I see fruit in their life, right? And they come, and they voice this same thing, and God uses this to pierce through stubborn hearts, right? And in that. I see the kindness and gentleness that you didn't just blast it out on Facebook, right? That everybody and their mama doesn't now know about this issue. It's been handled in a way that was godly, God-glorifying, pruning occurs, right? Without, without the branch feeling like, okay, I'm just going to rip myself off and go over somewhere else and try to plug in and graft myself in at another church, Right? of a believer 
Like they're, they see like, oh, you got cut off because you weren't using some other Yeah. Is that? Um, I think. So I think all analogies fail at some point. And we can stretch we can stretch every analogy too thin. Um, I think in this particular case here, this is, we ought not be looking here um, to find our answer for um, can a person lose their salvation? Like this is not a perseverance of the saints passage, right? Um, there, there, like scripture is crystal clear on like um, if you are in Christ, you are in Christ, right? Um, so this is not a like, but scriptures also gives us sufficient warnings that the person who thinks that they're in Christ but is not because they blinded, they were dishonest with themselves when they reflected internally. That person, when they stand before God, will not be like, "Huh, didn't know," because He's given sufficient warnings throughout Scripture. That those who are not like it's a like the warning texts are like they do in in a way that only God can like thread that needle of like for the new believer who finds themselves insecure in their walk and not pushing so hard on that that they are disheartened, but then also for the person who's been in church for thirty years and has never known Jesus, like to push hard enough. That when they reflect internally, like it gets those wheels turning, right? So this text is this text is really pointing out for us in it, something in a way for us to be able to reflect and ask ourselves, okay, where do I fall, right? And this is why oftentimes when I when I talk about fruit, like fruit being produced in your life, I will you will never hear me speaking about fruit as. You repented of a thing this week and you stumbled into it again the next week. You're not saved. That's no fruit. Like, this fruit is something that we can clearly see over decades, right? So we shouldn't use this type of scripture to beat someone over the head, like, that's showing up to a, perhaps they're showing up to, like, a a meeting for addicts and they stumbled this week. That's not what this is about. But the reality is, is if you were an addict that stumbled for 90 years with no production of fruit in your life, you should ask yourself questions that are hard, right? Because the reality is, people don't change. So if you find yourself at the end having changed none at all. I think that's what we hear in our group a lot, and I know Justin just about this, is there is not one single person that is a recovered addict that is there that will not credit God, will they? They all credit God. Now they're in different places in their walk with the Lord and maturity, but they will all they all know. That it was, they owe they owe their thankfulness to what God has done, and He's working it out yeah. in their life. I think it's Sam. Like, yeah, Sam. I, mean, I saw him. God clearly in Him. Without God not. delivering Him, He doesn't deliver Himself. You know, no. and He's very aware. Of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People don't change. And another thing, I want to point this out too, because I think that I think a lot of times when we think about fruit, um, we're not thinking about positive fruit. We're thinking about the absence of negative fruit. Okay. So like you 
are a recovering alcoholic and you've been walking sober for a decade and you take a sip and it feels like you've lost 10 years okay like to that person to that person I would say your failures and lack of failures are not fruit here that's not what I'm talking about love joy peace patience kindness right that's fruit that's fruit will you stumble and fall who didn't stumble and fall already today it's it's lunchtime almost um, has it has who's lived a perfect morning none okay so um, when we talk about fruit we are not focusing primarily on did you sin or not sin now those sin can be a hindrance to the to the fruit that we're talking about here right um, so if, 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 you, if you can't look at your life and see love, joy, peace, and I'm talking about like these are things that, that externalize themselves. They're, they begin internally, but they can be seen externally. You can, like, if you have a hard week and you come in on Wednesday and it's been a particularly hard week, don't be foolish to think that we can't see it on you. Because if, if you don't have peace in your life, Internally, do you do you think that you're so good at fooling the world that we can't see it externally? We like to think that we are. This is why our burnouts are so spectacular. This particularly hard on me as a worship leader when I'm really deep, like gut wrenchingly honest with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a tough thing. So you go back and forth between am I transparent with the people I'm in lovingly because I don't see myself above, I see myself here. Like with y'all. You know, yeah. I don't ever see myself there. And so, um but but yeah, I mean this is this is something that I think is important when we consider when we're talk what we mean when we're talking about like the fruit that's being produced in our lives. Now, um, can sin hinder that production? Uh, most certainly, it can. Okay, but um, w- when you have a hard week and you come in and worship, um, and you worship in spite of the hard week that you have, and you lead in worship in spite of the hard week that you have. Uh, fruit is the thing that transcends the failure in that regard, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because because without God working in you, you become a mixed mess of failures, and you're focusing on those failures. So love is never produced outside. Joy is never produced outside. Like you like fall into and are wrapped up in the things that you didn't do and the guilt that you have internally for those things, right? Where being in Christ, who has covered all of your failures, past tense in the cross, the ones that you'll commit today, the ones that the places that you'll fail tomorrow, Christ has covered those. So you can know that 
He's working in, in the reduction of failures in your life as well. This is something that he doesn't want you stumbling over the same things time and time and time again. right? So he's working there. But he's, he's, his work is sufficient for you already there. Right? He's covered, he's covered your failures that you will commit for the rest of your life in the cross. And he's working in you both to, to see those things, repent of those things, draw close to Him, and in that He works love, joy, peace, patience, right? Like He works these things in you so that others see this in you, so that the lives that you live amongst one another, right? So that you show love, you show joy, you show peace, pay, like so that that fruit is produced in you in some ways consumed by the lives of others so that they that they might grow so that they might find hope it's greater than our feelings yes yes our fruits are not your feelings or your fruits are not your failures or necessarily lack of failures though we ought to see those failures Likewise, reducing in time as we draw close to Christ, like we don't, we don't like put that to the side and just say, "Well, I'm just going to accept that I'm going to fail in this area for the rest of time." Right? That's not the right approach either. But I'm not focusing on the 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 one time in ten years that I relapsed and thinking, "Well, I must not be Jesus's then." Right? Like because I committed one one particular sin in a decade that I'd committed not to. Um, meanwhile, he'd been producing a host of fruit in my life to other addicts that are recovering, perhaps, right? So, like, um, th- this is kind of this is kind of what we're we're getting at here. So, um, man, we are pushing the limit for finishing this up today. <laughs> um, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time, but I, I do that. I look. I'm like, but I have failed all these many times, so that must mean I'm not producing any fruit at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so a failure it does not subtract away all the right. It's not. A it, yes. Yes. Like you are working. Subtract. You are working forward in Christ. All failures. He's perfectly and completely dealt with. And from from that point of like you're you're victorious in Christ, the Spirit works in you, producing fruit that's visible to the world, that impacts the world, despite the times that you fail, while also calling you up from that failure. He doesn't say he doesn't say to you, "I see your failure. I fixed it. Just continue on as you are." He says, "Go and sin no more." And then when you sin, listen, it's covered by the work of Christ on the cross. Go and sin no more, right? Like never should you just be comfortable in your sin, but your fruit is not whether or not you sinned or not today, right? It's a different category of thing. And if you are in Christ, He will produce for you love, 
joy, peace, go through the list. Galatians 5.22, right? This will be produced in your life in a way that others see it in you, right? And he will produce this in you in abundance, right? He will produce this in you in abundance. He it is that bears much fruit, the last part of verse 5 there. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is a big statement. Um, He does not give any asterisks to this. Okay, so I'm not going to put any on it myself. Um, Verse 7, let's read this again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a pretty bold statement there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's like like us though. I mean, we sit down with someone, we spend time with someone, or we do. We take on characteristics of that someone that we're. Yes. Characteristic can be saying that they say things that how they think and all. So. Yeah, yeah. And an amazing thing too, those things that, if you abide in him, those things that do worry you, those things that like, that you look at it and you're like, I see this sin in me. Ask him. Ask him to remove it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this... Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh no, that's good. By this, my Father is glorified. So ultimately, this fruit production within us individually as a group of believers is targeted towards God's glory. This is why we can be confident that he is working to maximize fruit production in your lives. Because ultimately, him producing fruit in you is not so that people will look at you and be like, look how amazing Adrian is today. God's glory is what he's working for in your life. And they love one another since before this whole thing they kicked off together. And he will glorify God. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And we're going to finish just... I'm just going to read through 17 and we'll be done. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So start there. If you're wondering how to abide, what it might look like, start there. Abide in the love of Christ. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
So, abide in his love, keep his commandments. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, what? Full. Full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Okay? So he wants you to love him, abide in his love, keep his commandments. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Do you love one another? Do you? This is what he's commanded you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What is that command that he's giving here? Love one another. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. So if you want, if you wonder if it's going to happen, if fruit will be produced, know that fruit will be produced because he chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So a, a, a key aspect of the fruit that is produced in us is that this fruit lasts. It stands the test of time generation to generation you are here today as a believer because the fruit that God has been working from these early believers abides from generation to generation so that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give it to you these things I command you so that you love one another so if we are in Christ we abide in him we abide in his love and we love one another. We'll close there. Um, I think we're late, but <laughs> all right. <laughs>